I mean, I'm sitting there all by myself and just, I just blah. And yeah, just like you, I, I realized that my body was screaming at me. It was saying you shouldn't be doing these things. These costume people, these, these things aren't for you. Like my whole body would freak out and say, don't be here. This isn't where your regular people should be. Jessica Jones, alias, volume one. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Michael Gaydon. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast PI is the one, the only. Me and Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Travis Rats here. I was like, where is he going with this song? Mrs. Jones and me yeah. got a thing going on. You ever just listen? You ever just put on some uh, me and Mrs. Jones and just just kind of caress yourself, Josh? No, no, I don't. But I do like Mrs. Jones and me. I was doing Counting Crows. Ah, um, Mrs. Yeah. Jones and me. There la 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 la. <laughs> and they're always go. like dancing weird places, like right. dancing in a waterfall. <laughs> Yeah, in the barrio. Um, yeah, they're dancing everywhere. Yeah, they, they, they just dance. Well, everybody, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I delve deep into uh, some graphic novels or trades. Sometimes we talk about what's going on in the world of comic books. But since you know coronavirus happened and there was a long pause when books were not coming out and there are no movies anymore, what can Travis and I talk about but just plain old comic books? So here we are, reading trades, Travis and I, and, and we're filling our holes. We're filling the holes in our uh, comic book past. Yeah. And uh, in this week's uh, selection, there are some holes that get filled, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we decided uh, early on, if you remember, if you go back a couple months, and if you're a new listener, first I want to say thank you for joining us on the Comic Exposure Podcast. If you're a new listener and you found us, you should go back and check out Marvelous Summer because this summer, Travis and I, with with the help of some friends, went and read some Marvel books. And when we read, we're like, what do we wish we would have read that we didn't read? What's a Marvel book that we didn't cram into our Marvelous Summer? And we both said, we need some Jessica Jones. We need some Alias. Not the short-lived TV show with uh, Mrs. Affleck. And but Bradley, Bradley Cooper, maybe, as well? I don't. I don't know. I've never watched it. Yeah, me. Either. Is it was it was it Joss Whedon? Was it a Whedon? It might be a Joss Whedon joint. It might be. I feel like Bradley Cooper because we're the Coop Troop, and we always stick together. It's going to be a singing mm-hmm. episode, Josh. I have it not is. eaten I breakfast, and I got a beer. I feel it. Um. Anyways, Travis and I thought we'd read Alias, the very first volume of Alias, uh, by Brian Michael Bendis, and uh, some art by. Uh, oh man, what's the guy? Who's this? Who's this? Who's this Bendis character? You, keep I, you know, 
Michael Gatos and uh, and Brian Michael Bendis is the writer. Matt Hollingsworth is the colorist. There's this guy, Brian Michael Bendis. He's been writing books for a while, kind of a oh, like funny books. Yeah, he's been writing the funny books that people like him. Uh, he's now writing over at the DC. He writes for the DC, but for a long time, Mister Bendis was Mister was was Mister Marvel. He was marvelous himself. And uh, Travis and I decided to plug up our alias hole. Mm-hmm. Now that is more innuendo than I intended it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jessica Jones is a character. Uh, I guess we should talk about the actual volume that we read. Uh, yeah, we didn't. So you can purchase this in like half an omnibus, the whole omnibus. It came out at one point in smaller books. I think you can get book one and book two now, and both of those are made up of like two two trades worth. So I think there's four trades total, but you can now purchase them in book one and book two. Travis and I, seeing as how that we read this in a quick stint for the show, decided to do the original trade, yeah. which, which introduces us to the character of Jessica Jones, uh, created by Brian Michael Bendis, and, and, uh, and you know, um, brought forth in the pages of Marvel's Max series. Right. And for those of you who remember, Mar- uh, Marvel Max was taking you could Marvel say, characters. You could say fuck yeah. in a Marvel You could book. say fuck or you could fuck. And yes, in a in a comic book. You could basically do, line. you could adjective it, you could noun it, you could verb it. Anything you wanted to yeah. do with fuck, you could do. Yeah, yeah. And so Brian Michael Bendis is- Oh, wait, I'm, uh, just, I'm just checking something. I'm just looking at my notes here, Josh. Oh, yeah. sorry, dude. I know it's only November, but we used up all our fucks. Oh. For the year, oh, and I, we just dang. went over. So I, we have to subtract that last f bomb from next year's uh, total. Supply. Yeah, next total. Year's Sorry, you know what? we don't we fault. don't often we don't often throw that word around, and I feel like because this is the max episode, I feel like it's because it's your fall break is over. I'm in the middle of my semester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Oof. Anyways, so you know, we decided to read this one. This was from the max line that was the mature line of books. Uh, and it follows Jessica Jones, a former costume superhero who now uh, her her job is now as a private investigator. And she gets embroiled into su- two superhero ish tales mm-hmm. two two uh, crime investigations that involve superheroes. Yeah. She has to uh, soup sleuth, if you will. Yeah. One one tangentially. Yeah. Involves a superhero. And one is full on Rick Jones. Yeah. Do you remember Rick? Oh, how weird is it? This was my favorite part of this whole read. I'm reading Alias and I'm enjoying it. And then I turn the page and I get Rick rolled right in the middle of this thing. And you were like, and you were like, hey, I know who Rick Jones is. Yeah. And I I, I was in. I was like, oh, you have. I go, uh, I go, you you, you got me, Alias, but now you have me, Alias. Yeah, I you go, got me a Rick Jones, Alias. I was like, we, my favorite we, Avenger is Rick Jones. <laughs> it might be. After this, I, Rick Jones is growing on me. Rick Jones. I, here's what I need. I need Tom King and Mitch Garrods to do a 12-issue maxi series on Rick Jones. Dude, that's that's what I need. That's coming for sure. That's <laughs> you know, you know Tom King I, has pitched some Tom Rick King Jones stories. Get, I need him to get paid. He need him to get pulled back to Marvel just to do his Rick Jones. Never gonna give you up. You never gonna break never gonna you break down. You down. Yeah, but so, so Travis, here's what I want to know. You watched the first season of Jessica Jones. I watched the first season of Jessica Jones. And then I forgot that a second season came out. 
I, I really enjoyed. I did not the, watch the second season as either. I think I, I think I watched two ep, two or three episodes of it. Um, it it was not as good. Yeah. And then the first season started really strong, crappy middle, good ending. Yeah. The, which is I think all of those Netflix series, but that's that's neither here nor there. What else do you know, or did you know about Jessica Jones before you read this book? Not much. Uh, I well. That was that's basically my Jessica Jones knowledge. Uh, the Marvel books that I was reading, uh, I mean, Jessica Jones came around, came this around. Was at, out it was at like that after time. my right at that time. Like I had left comics, like at the yeah. end of high school, and I hadn't got really back into them until we started doing this podcast, where I was really checking out stuff. So that's when Jessica Jones kind of flourished. Uh, and then when the show announced, I was like, oh, I, I'm I'm tangentially aware of jessica jones i'm not quite sure what she does i know she's like a superhero so um you know that show was really kind of my entree in jessica jones and basically all i knew going into this trade uh i kept expecting the purple man to show up because david Tennant was i think the reason that that first season was good i'm not a big fan of the the girl who played jessica jones i don't i don't think that she's uh was the maybe the best casting for that role, but uh, David Tennant came in and I think just kind of Jessica, <laughs> Jessica, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just Jessica. just nailed it, just nailed that. And so, yeah, as I was, and I'll tell you this right now, audience, no purple man in this trade, no purple man. I expected a purple man, uh, but I'm gonna tell you, I think I like this Jessica, I think I like this Jessica Jones more than I like the Jessica Jones in the TV show. This, she's more hard boiled than this. I think she's also somehow more less hard boiled. Right. Well, right? I, think, I I I think that the less, Jessica Jones. Yeah, go ahead. I think that Jessica Jones in this story is more palatable. I think they tried to make her even more like uh aloof in yeah. the in in the in the show because here she's at least trying to connect she has a heart she has a heart and she's like from the beginning she's trying to do what's right she doesn't have to be pulled to the side of good in this book necessarily right right and and like i get like you can't tell the you couldn't you can't tell this story on netflix because you can't use you couldn't do Captain America in there. It wouldn't work. And, and I think this is the interesting thing. And, and again, this is like when we are, I'm always interested to like go back and read stuff that happened before Marvel movies. Right. Because like in the Marvel movie universe and in, in no superhero has a secret identity. Right. Like, but in this one, the main one of the, the first case in, involves like Captain America. Right. Yeah. And not not knowing that Captain America is and not necessarily in a positive, not, not necessarily the most positive light that the way that the Captain America property would be treated maybe after his appearance in movies. Right. Right. So I, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting like uh, it's always interesting to kind of see like what did these what was this like before other media touched it? Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, I agree. Yeah, it, it seemed to be this is Marvel's kind of bounce back. You know, Marvel Knights was before this, and then that kind of opened them up for Marvel Max. And so uh, it allowed people like Bendis and like Garth Ennis on uh, Punisher Punisher. to come in and do some kind of uh, auteur storytelling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I also I also think like when we when we 
looking at this, like I like also Carol Danvers is a major part of yeah. this. Like Captain Captain Marvel, Carol da- Carol Danvers is in here, and in the TV show they re- they replace that with uh, Hellcat, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Which in, which I think it's a, better cho- mind, it's a better choice. Hellcat is a better choice. Me too, especially like, for for the the level of in, the level of engagement that Jessica Jones in this book had with superheroes i feel like she would be buddies with hellcat more than she would be with carol danvers right right so let's let's dive well, in can i ask you yeah. based on you had a yeah. really good thing there so this is jessica jones is bendis's creation correct right. i don't think she appeared like even as a uh no this uh, is this mentioned. is all that's yeah, that, all to, me, that to me that's fascinating is in a company with this long history and this long roster of superheroes a lot of people when they come in to work for marvel they might take like tom king is you know he'll take the obscure character and make him big but it's it's quite the accomplishment to create a new marvel character from scratch and to have it hit like this as so soon as it did i think we don't we don't see that anymore we don't i mean the x-men always has new x-men coming in but to have a solo title right off the bat well, I think what works and and we can and so this is one, I think it works because it's a mature title. So you like right then and there you're selling it you're able to sell the book for a different reason. Mm-hmm. And two, you get to it's the it's that period of time when we're it's after the sort of gritty 80s, but it's in this period of time where we're still turning superhero comics on their head a little bit right we want to we want to make them more mature and so you can't make captain america say the f word in the books of captain america but how can i subvert captain america how can i subvert carol danvers how can i you know how can i take those things because i don't think marvel look you can do whatever you want with punisher punisher you know that's his job is to kill a bunch of people so you can tell that kind of story with him but I don't think that at this time Marvel would have said yes. Tell a gritty tale with some of our prize properties, right? No, yeah, you're absolutely correct. So but- you get you get to play in the world in a different way because you get to be your tertiary to it all, or mm-hmm. you're outside of it all, and you get to play in the sandbox and you get to poke at superheroism. But yeah. Well, this is also, you make a good point there, and this is also one of our, probably our main themes we're going to talk about as we get into the story of this book, is this was kind of the early stages of the deconstruction of superheroes that we saw uh, just, I mean, every other book is a deconstruction of superheroes now, but this does it more subtly than, say, The Boys or Invincible or some of these other books, uh, Black Hammer, um, and you, you see the seeds of what's going to become this major genre within superhero stories, the deconstruction of superheroes. And I think Bendis right. does it very artfully and it's, it, it's dropped in where Jessica Jones is only dealing with the fringes of superhero society, the, right. the, the marketing of it, the politics of it, the, I mean, there are parts in both these uh, cases where she has to deal with like answering machines to the Avengers, or she can only right. talk to Jarvis because you know getting <laughs> in touch with the Avengers is so so tough. So 
Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. It's 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 we're in this period of like this second wave of deconstructing superheroes, right? You you can go back and you, you look at like, okay, Watchmen is pure. Yes, that, that you're right. right. That is first you know, wave. And, yeah. and then you've got this the second wave of of you know the second wave of Sky, if you will, right? This is like Selector and like you know Skank, madness. Skanking pickle. <laughs> I think it's third wave. I think skanking oh, yeah, that's nineties. Yeah. So this is the, this is that uh, this is where we're, and I think we're on the third wave of deconstructing again. I think that's what Tom King is doing right now. Tom King is his his job is deconstructing Jeff Lemire with Animal Man. Yeah. yeah, right, right. We're just doing it in a different way. And, and uh, I'm kind of but, sick of that though, Josh. I mean, not. I mean, if it's done no, right. well, it's it's good. And I think you are too, because every time you say deconstructing a superhero, you get this kind of uh, forlorn forlorn tone like, in your voice <laughs> i i but you love tom king and you love jeff lemire's animal man i i do love i i love tom king because i think tom king he tells and he he tells a his level of craft is is really good i however like the boys it's not i i think when you go like Let's deconstruct it and turn it to eleven. That's when I'm like, all right, I'm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Need I'm that. actually almost done with the entire series of the boys. I've been reading Watch them, the Omnibus. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I watched the series. I like that series, and that made me want to like read the 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 whole run. The and yeah. it, it is. I mean, there are points where it's just pure Ennis debauchery deconstruction. And that's and and you know, like I don't love Garth Ennis. Like, yeah. there's just something where there's. There's and that. it's surprising that we're still friends. That's I, I know mean, it doesn't. Yeah, but it doesn't I think it makes sense because sometimes I really hate you. Works. That's why this <laughs> podcast works. We balance each other out, right? Yeah. Sometimes uh, I'll be reading some boys over the last few weeks, and I'll stop at a moment I really love, and I'll sit, and then I'll open up your Facebook page, and I'll just stare at your profile picture <laughs> and just glare at it, and I'm like, "You it's son like, of Josh a bitch! <laughs> you son Josh of a bitch!" All uh, right. It's still- let I mean let's let's dive into to what we've got here with Jessica. Jones. Let's get into these case files. Case number let's, one. Yeah. Case number one. The case of uh, Captain the America's videotape. sexy rendezvous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But nothing sexy about it. No, I can't. I, I forgive me. It's been a little while since I read this, but so basically, it revolves around this videotape that uh, because of a case that Jessica Jones was on that's non superhero related. She's uh, well, they're trying. I think someone is trying to get her to make this yeah, tape. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, we're going to talk about that because that's my favorite yeah. scene in this uh, volume. But so it's a it's a non superhero case. But in in staking out this human, uh, she sees that Captain America <laughs> uh, is leaving this building. I don't know though. Is the woman that she's staking out was she married? Was Captain America having a like an affair with a married woman, or was he just? just having a sexual tryst i think he's just having a tryst a tryst okay a tryst because this is the this is the missing sister right yeah yeah but you have but we also have to say like this is um is it okay because this is before this is before politicians could do bad things and get away with it forever right so this is at a time grab someone's pussy. <laughs> yeah, like, and get elected as president, get elected of the United president, president of the United States, right? So this is at a time period when, like, ooh, that's a scandal, and that would have been bad. It would have been bad, and then he's tied to this guy who's running for president, right? Like this, you want to make the president look. It's all this very roundabout way to make the president 
uh, look bad. Yeah, because the president is too close to these superheroes. He's like too chummy with them. Yeah. And so we want, if we defame the superheroes, it's uh, a, another way. I was about to say tangential again, but I think we've said that four times today. Uh, it's, tertiary. Another, it's a tertiary way of, of defaming the president. Uh, right. And so there's lots of layers to this. And then you have, uh, so um, this is our first, run with Jessica Jones. So what do you think about us being dropped in the Jessica Jones world? How how well do you sink or swim in issue one as a reader? Um, I think it works because you don't have to know anything about any character. So even though she's with Luke Cage, you don't need to know anything about Luke Cage in order to get it. Even though you see, I mean, like everybody, like Captain America is even before the movies came out, you know who Captain America is, right? Like, and you didn't need to know anything about his power or what he's like to do this. And same thing when we get to uh, Carol Danvers, right? Like, you just need to know that. And I, I think Bendis does a really good job of setting up everything piece by piece, right? He's like, oh, by the way, she used to be a superhero. Here's this niblet, right? Yeah, here's some pic- and, here's some pictures she's looking at of her and her outfit, right. her superhero outfit. Um, and then I mean, let's 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 really um, this is the most dialogue I have read in a comic book in a long time. Like, I'm like I I'm like wow. This is this is some Frank it's, Miller. It's noir, you know. It's that detective right? noir. You got to have lots of dialogue in it, right? So there's a ton of dialogue, and I'm not saying I'm against that, but I think that I mean that's what Bendis does. Bendis is a dialogue guy, and so a lot of what he does is like people sitting at a table and talking, and that's what we get a lot of here is people talking. But I think it's I think he does a really good job of setting it up for you. You get to understand the character really quick. You get to see what she's dealing with, and I think. The last scene between her and Captain America, when Captain America says, like, well, how come you don't do it anymore? That's a that's a fantastic scene to get to know the character of Jessica Jones. And that is the main conflict, internal conflict that Jessica Jones is dealing with in these first two cases is the well, in this world of all these impressive beyond human superheroes, just because you have powers doesn't mean that maybe you're cut out to be a superhero. And also, is that something you really want? You know, right. it, it, in comic books, it's if a character finds they have super, superpowers, they must become a superhero. But, or a supervillain. Yeah, right? or, or, or yeah, exactly. Or you, but you never really think about like, hmm, do, but what about the other, like the other internal character parts? Right, what about, all the other mutants? what about all the other mutants who are like, yeah, I just, I just want to read a book. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to go out. Or it's like uh, we're we're teachers, Josh. And so yeah. everyone has the capability to teach, right? Right. Um but that doesn't mean everyone can be a good teacher. There right. there's other things that come along with it. And that seems to be kind of what Jessica Jones is struggling with. She's in awe of these superheroes and also kind of disgusted by them at at some points and right. she's she's just like I when she when she's awestruck by Captain America and she's kind of fangirling out and she's like I like I can't be in that kind of I'm not that that good. And I think I think this is a I think it also I think it also like that part of her being like no nah, man I'm just a C list superhero 
If I were going to be a superhero, I'd be Rick Jones, right? I'd be that C-list superhero. And I think that's a really interesting take for a book, for your main character to be like a backbencher. Uh, I I love it because again we're you know we always mention punk rock on this but to me that's a really healthy way to kind of pursue something is to consider yourself a C lister in whatever profession it, it is and let other people elevate you if it if if they feel you're worthy like Captain America is like I think I think you're selling yourself short I think right. you got something here it might not be like the like the traditional superhero gig, but you can be of service to people. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, like when I was in punk bands, I'm like, I, I know I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not Pennywise. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to be as good as Pennywise. And, um, no one, no one came to our band was like, I think you guys are underselling yourself. I think think they're like, you guys might need to shortchange yourself a little bit more, but I like that. I like characters and I like that attitude of thought when characters, are a little bit more self-deprecating and right. and they they're like humbled and they have to be uh people have to kind of let them know their worth and right. they can take on more responsibilities that way. Yeah, I also I also like the sort of like I like the idea of like out the gate your title on this line at Marvel is a backbenching superhero who doesn't want to be a superhero but keeps getting caught up in the world of superheroes right Right. it's a way for you to really play with the genre without having to go full-on in it right like she's not fighting you know nazis with you know giant octopus tanks and she's not like battling galactus she's not doing these things And you and I have talked about how like we really like this sort of like street level characters, right? Like there's something there's something fun about the stories you can tell with them because the stakes feel more realistic to people like you and me, Mm -hmm. because we're never going to go up against a giant, you know, uh, space octopus or whatever. Uh, I live in Japan, Josh. Oh, it could happen anytime. Kaiju rising from the Pacific. Um, But like I for me it grounds this story even though there's the captain america and carol danvers this is still a very grounded superhero tale because she's a reluctant i don't really want to do that but i have powers i'll use them when i have to right you're right to do my to do my very normal job yes yes yeah and it's 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 this was kind of a tough sell going into it because, like you said, the narration is there's a lot of dialogue and it's yeah. very noir detective. And we read a lot of noir detective stuff on this we show. I have. love yeah. I love that genre. And so do comic book writers. And so yeah. when they get a chance to create a noir character or tell a noir story or or deconstruct something in a noir way, they, they take it. It's it's. It's like it's like oh. the horror genre of comics. It's like, what is the go to genre? Like probably be noir. <laughs> well, you, you think about it because i mean what is comic book but narr- narration pulp. yeah and and right. it's, it's 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 pulpy by nature and then serial since, it's serialized right and because you can't write a paragraph to describe everything right you can't write a page of whatever you're left with just narration and dialogue and pictures and you can't have too much of any of those yeah. because it fills up the page so if you can just use snappy narration the city smells. Tell you, the city smells like yeah. garbage. 
The yeah. sewers are overrunning with rats and vermin. I hate this Thank place. You. <laughs> Thank you, Rorschach. Uh, um, so I like for me, I thought I really sort of I like this more than I thought I would. I mean, I'm, I'm like, let's be really honest about it. I didn't expect to like this book because I was like, it's going to be very 2000. Right. I'm going to feel I'm going to feel like it's 2000. I'm going to feel like this it's been is tr- it's been done a dozen times after this. And I've read right. those and now it's going back to the beginning and it's not going to be as evolved as what it has become. But I really enjoyed it. Me too. I mean, I don't think I liked I didn't like the Rick Jones one as much as the as the first story. Um, yeah. But I, I when I was done, I was like, OK, I could read this whole run. Yeah, I, I will talk about the art. I, I'm not in love with the art. I think it services the story to a certain yeah. degree. We'll get to that in a moment. But so in this first tale, I will tell you something that was a really a standout for me is yeah. uh, in this first case, there's a scene where she's like working with some kind of shady fixer. He could be like a senator or a lawyer or something like that. But she goes to this golf course. And it's, you know, everything is dark. But yeah. this golf course scene runs almost an entire issue. And it's bright outside, and the dialogue is straight out of like a great film scene. Like this spoke to me. I'm like, oh, I want to see this so bad on on the screen. The whole golf scene. The guy yeah. is so calm. He's explaining to her the setup and how they set her up, uh, but they keep that tension because basically he's just dumping exposition. And there's nothing really exciting happening within the panels. But for some reason, the scene just works to me. Uh, and it's a great example of someone who can tell exposition dialogue in a way that is still engaging. Uh, and then that whole just you think that scene is going to end a certain way. You think yeah. that that he because basically he threatens her. Right. And then right. he walks off in this very he's been menacing this whole time. And then it's undercut with like, oh, he's gone. Some helicopters right. came in and just blew them away. And so to build up that cliche, yes, I'm the corporate villain who's been puppeteering you the whole time, and you will do this or there will be consequences. You think the rest of the story is going to be her trying to outsmart him, but nope, he's gone. Well, because she ends up getting helped by the Avengers, right? Yep. Quartermain, like blows shit out of all of them like yeah oh by the way captain america but that but then that tells you like how smarmy is the superhero aspect of it right like this is they're doing this to help captain america and the president right like quarterman's like i need you to get out of there we blew up all these it's very the boys uh this is what garth ennis takes and just like that kind of aspect and turns it up to 11 the idea that superheroes are kind of this smarmy entitled group that has power connections beyond their own superpowers yeah. uh and so you see that in here and they be- the superheroes in this book aren't necessarily likable let's talk about in this before we move to the second case let's yeah. talk we gotta talk luke cage brother we, we gotta talk i know this is your favorite topic to talk about i know it gets a little no, sexy I, for you <laughs> no i i i was like okay so brian michael bendis hbo first first episodes this and i think maybe hbo first like it's this thing like if i'm gonna do this new thing right i'm gonna give you the sopranos or whatever the tv show is on hbo i'm gonna make sure that you we get nudity we get swear words and we get like violence or in in the very first episode 
right? All the things that make this TV MA or all the things that make this mature, I'm putting it in. Yeah. And I'm not just going to do it a little bit because you can say shit on any TV show, right? Uh, but I'm going to make sure that it's the, the very first. Like, so we yeah, just we, we the earn very, the max title in the, the, the yeah the very first word in this book. I can't say it because we've reached our quota. Oh, it's is it start with an F, Josh? Yeah, it starts fart. with an F. Yeah, fart is the very first word in this book. But to me, that's the thing where I like. So the 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 scene with Luke Cage. Uh. I assume that maybe it 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 has some ramifications later. If it doesn't in any other scene, it's a very gratuitous sex scene. Right. So yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about um the the uh, within that first issue, the sex scene between Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Uh, and when they're in the actual act, it's just four panels uh, of like Jessica Jones's face. And it's kind of like a pleasure and pain face on there. Yeah. And Luke Cage is being very uh, aggressive, sexually aggressive, but it's working for Jessica Jones. I mean, this is a this is a consensual sex scene, Josh. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is up. In, I imagine this book came out. You've never seen a hero that's been in so many comic books before this and a titular character be so kind of human. Human. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I would, I would agree with you. It's just very much like, uh, we're at the bar. Okay. Well, let's go do this. Right. Yeah. Um, later when Jessica Jones comes to his house and he's got another woman in there, he's like, woman, bitch, we come to my house. Don't be bring <laughs> this around. You, what are you what doing? Are you doing? Baby, who, she, baby, baby, who's at the door? Uh, nothing, babe. It's just, uh, it's just our neighbor. We can't be around here, girl. Come on. You're my side piece. <laughs> uh, but I, and I also think this conversation later between her and Carol Danvers, where she's like, he's like, he's a cape chaser. Yes, that's great too. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, what? And she's even laughing. She's like, I never even heard yeah. of that. Yeah. So it's, I think, I like, the point of this is to be mature. And so Bendis starts it off with a, with a bang. Yeah, so yeah. But like, I, I, I'm always, I mean, it happens in the TV show, right? They, they do that in the TV show as well. They make he, that. Yeah. Yeah. He's not as well. No, it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, like, not. Good. I think they break a wall or yeah, something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something about this that felt like I was like, Oh but, man, like yeah. he's going for it. Like, and well, it's just in your face, right? You yeah. just see your face. And so you see that expression and the art uh, style, I, the art style, it just, it just saturates that moment even more because it's this kind of, yeah grittier art style and you're just like oh you can't the expressions are, it's uh, with the way they it's drawn it's hard to tell what an expression means sometimes uh and that is serves this scene well at least i would agree with you i would agree with you so i i enjoyed the first case second case is rick jones who we love we mm. love rick jones we love more, rick jones more this made me love him more i like I've got a shirt that's going. Uh, that I, we have a shirt that's up for the the Halloween shirt that went out that says uh, that that's going that that's been out uh, that says comic exposure rules. This makes me want to do another shirt. Rick roll that says I'm 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 Rick Jones. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Rick Jones. I'm Rick Jones. <laughs> Rick Jones. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, I like an but, acoustic guitar on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, the story takes place again. She's hired by, uh, Rick Jones's wife and everything is in quotes in this, right? Rick Jones's yeah. wife, because Rick Jones has gone missing. So Jessica Jones goes out to find Rick Jones. He, she finds a Rick Jones that is very paranoid. He believes, and he mentions the Kree scroll war, which I felt so much credit now because Josh, because of <laughs> marvelous summer, I'm like, Oh, I know that reference. I don't yeah, reference like, real. Oh, I, I know, I know who Rick Jones is. And I had it was I it was legitimately funny when he was talking about like, when he would read from his book. So there's uh, the the real Rick Jones in this Marvel world had written a book about how he's always been kind it's, of like the side. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> which is a great thing. Like, and I want to read that book. I really want to read that book because I'll have a couple of pages from that fake right. uh, autobiography. That's- that's why I'm telling you, Travis, this is why I want this is why I want Tom King to do his Rick Jones book. Yeah. I want Rick Jones, the background character, life as the uh, life as like on the sidelines sort of, but still in it, right? Like Right. Well, I no, I think you get that. I would I would read just a prose book. I don't even need a comic. I just need a fake prose Rick jones autobiography i won't read it but i'll listen to the audible version delivered by who's a good rick jones voice oh man it's got to be someone just normal enough yes um colin hanks yes or the guy from the uh from parks and rec uh ben from parks and rec oh yeah 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 um something scott adam scott yeah Adam Scott, yeah, yes, yeah. that's a great might, one too. Yeah, that's great too, and he likes that good voice. I don't think he'd be a good actor for it, but I no, think no. Be, I'm just talking about voice. Great, yeah, he'd be great voice for it. Yeah, that's actually a really good one too. I started watching part. I turned. I'm going to take a side side trek. I'm rewatching Party Down because it's on Hulu. Love Did it. you ever watch? Oh yeah, yeah. I've watched it like twice. So good. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, but I think you're right. I thought that was a really interesting way to do it to do this sort of like side tale. Um, give us a little more look into like how this superheroism is ugly. Right. Well, that's what it does. It, it, it amplifies Jessica Jones's internal conflict slightly established in the first case where it's like, she feels like Rick Jones when she reads his autobiography. She is like, Hey, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. This is kind of how I felt. And I've never met someone who's been able to put it in words, the way I feel about being the sixth man on the superhero team. Right. Yeah. And so that really sells that conflict. Yeah. I think it sells it really well. I enjoyed, like I thought it, so I think it does a really good job setting up stuff. I just don't think it's a very, there's not, it's not climactic at all. Really. Right. There's no action. There's no whatever. I did think the going to the fantastic four, like the Baxter building was fun. That's a fun little scene. Like, like how, oh, you know? how hard it is to get a hold of the Fantastic Four Avengers. Yeah, right. Like, oh, sorry, Dr. Richards is only available by appointment. Well, well, here's what I know. And blah, 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 blah. I just thought that like the the person at the front desk was just a great sort of like, yeah, you just can't go into the Baxter building. Yeah, yeah. Because you think about it in the world of actually, like if superheroes were actually here. Yeah. There's no way you'd be able to go up into the Baxter building and just well, be like, and, oh, and hey, she was in the Avengers too. She was a superhero. Even she doesn't have the access. Right. Right. 
But I thought I thought I thought um, that sort of telling this tale of it that it ends up being uh, like fake Rick Jones. That got me. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I didn't expect it either. I enjoyed that. I thought that was an interesting way to do it. Um, and like, what do you mean it's fake Rick Jones? Like, she's so mad about it, right? <laughs> she's so upset that she like connected with this guy, told him she let down her guard. Because she thought she was with someone who like was going through the same crap as her. I thought that you're, that's definitely part of it. I also thought that she called in some favors from the superheroes that she really didn't want to do because she's she doesn't want them to think like less of her. She also doesn't want to get involved in that world. She left that behind. So the fact that she had you know called up the Fantastic Four, called up the Avengers, had talked to Jarvis. Jarvis had talked to Captain America, which seems like kind of one of her heroes, and right. and she made and it made her look like a fool. You know, uh, right? She right. vouched for something, and uh, it turned out she was Rickrolled. Indeed, very much Rickrolled. Well, um, she, but I like. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to switch over to art, but go ahead on the. Yeah, no, I just I thought I thought that story was a good way to set up more about Jessica Jones's character. Right. We didn't like the first one is kind of it's world building. Right. The first story, even though we get to know Jessica. But then I think the second arc, although not as intriguing, not as intriguing, it really kind of spelled out who she is as a character a, a little more. So yeah, the first one is is more about what she does. The second one's more about who she is. Right, 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 yeah. right. So let's let's talk art. Um, now, I think I, I'll nailed... let you. I'll let you go first because I mean it's not bad art, and maybe you can sell me on it a little bit more. You have a better way of talking about art than I do. Um, but no, I, I think you're right on when you said it's serviceable. Yeah, right. Like that. That's really what it is. Is it's it works. Um, I don't love it. Um, I think the, I think that look, it's the year 2000 when we are, this is like the beginning of like digital coloring. Mm -hmm. And so like Matt Hollingsworth is actually a really good colorist now, but it doesn't come out. This doesn't come out like the, the, the Hollingsworth that we know. No, because this is really that first round of digital coloring in, in 2000. And it's all sort of like the tools weren't there. Right. And so it very much looks like I colored this with a mouse. Punisher Max looks the same like this kind of as well. And I wonder if he I wonder if Hollingsworth colored that as well. And then I think like the the art is also uh, the art also feels digital. And that maybe it's just because I'm reading on a digital digital reader. But um, the lines are super heavy. The like that, that the inking is too heavy. Which makes it hard to read some of these expressions. And because this is such a dialogue, talking head style book, it really does help sell what the character's thinking if you can read their emotions a little bit better in, in the art. And I thought that right. was lacking a little bit. It was, I, more, I, it was I, more like kind of like uh, an aesthetic style yeah, than yeah, it it's was. More tone. Yeah. It's more tone than anything else. Like I think, uh, however, I, I don't love Hollings. I don't love this the coloring style or technique i think Mm -hmm. is probably the right word i think that hollingsworth does the he sets good tone with his colors Mm -hmm. i think there's scenes where she's talking to the police officer and it's all in this all those panels are in the red um but you're right like the thing that's tough is this bendis book is a hell of a lot of conversation 
And we don't, although there is some decent facial acting, a lot of the expressions from Jessica, you get, you lose them because half of her face is in shadow shadow. And you know, that's a very, and she also has glasses on. This is part of her character gig. So that kind of, you know, even that just adds that more. Or, you know, we're like trying to be very noir, but you can't see her face. So unless that was done on purpose to kind of keep her this kind of mysterious s character for a little bit longer than, than, you know, not just give her give like, oh, I know who this character is because I still don't really have a good sense of who Jessica Jones is after this, which I like. I like the idea that, oh, this character is going to evolve and we're going to get a little bit more about her as we go along. We're going to get a sense of who she is, where her moral compass is, where she draws the line. I'm going to tell you what, though. I love the covers. Covers All, All the covers are great. Uh, I also sort of look like the, uh, George W. Bush stand in for president. Yeah. Um, the guy who is president, who's too close to the, the superheroes is just George W. Bush. Um, there's some, there's some, there's some creative panel layouts in here without being, uh, it's not in your face, but they, they break down the way they break down some of these panels, uh, is there's really good. I th- yeah, and I think that I think uh, he does a really good job with the pacing. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation it can be tough when you have that much conversation in a in a story, and so when he ends up doing like a, you know, one two, this is a really weird layout. There's this sort of like fight scene between Jessica Jones and the guy with the giant hands. I don't know who it is, but um. Fighting guys with giant hands and it's crazy panel layout and she's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you must have a long week. That one, that one was not good. It was not. But I, I think the fact that you were like, I'm, gonna I, I'm committed to it. And I committed I'm, to it for about four beats longer than it should have been. <laughs> yes. And like all good comedy, if you just do it, like if it's bad, but then you just do it just a little just longer. Own it. And just own it. Just own it. Good again. It becomes you were good kind again. enough to laugh. Thank you, sir. Um, but <laughs> I think I like it's. She does the. I, I or she does. He does the pacing quite well in each of these conversation pieces. Right when you've got a panel because there's so much dialogue and you've got a page with like ten panels on it. Right. You can do, I guess actually this is 11, 11 panels on it. That's a lot of, it's a lot of dialogue to fit in. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't love the art, he does enough in the pacing with the, with the art to kind of keep the story flowing. Because when you have that much dialogue, you can really get stuck looking at the same thing over and over again. But I think he does a really good job of like changing the angle. Let's look at her mouth. Let's look at her glasses. Let's look, you know, like let's make it a little more interesting. And you had mentioned it before this idea of like, well, let's make an Artur. Yeah. You know, I think there's a couple of scenes when, when the art does that really well. And then there's some scenes where the art just does not do it very well. Is that your favorite panel in that scene? No, I, I don't, I don't think that's my favorite panel. I just think that that's like, I, I there are times when, a Bendis is very dialogue heavy. And so you have to create good pacing and things to look at 
while all that dialogue is happening. Uh, and I think he does a good job of like moving the camera around up angles. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. I was looking at the my page I'm looking at right now. It has that too. It's it's like different. The cameras and a good way to describe it is it's an overhead right. shot. It's a it's a profile shot. My favorite right. my favorite panel is from that scene that I really like that golf scene on page ninety nine. Uh, so when he hits the dude with the with the when, with when the... he hits the golf ball off the guy, it's just like whoop. Yeah, yeah, and it's just uh, it just because there wasn't much happening in that scene, and so to end it in that kind of way with this kind of sinisterness, and then to end it in this goofy way, and then we know what happens next, where the he gets gunned down. I just thought it was just like so quiet, and then you just hear this whoop. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just kind of walks off without even looking at her. Yeah, you know, I I was trying to think of like what's my favorite panel in here and I it's think a it's a harder me- one to find uh, in this book. And I think I think that's just the tale of like a book like this. Like mm. this is just really hard to to find the right It's uh, not flashy uh, at all. No. No, it's, it is really not. And like the story's not flashy. So it's I would tell you there's a panel uh so this whole time she's like doing a case where she's trying to find this trying to catch this guy online uh, for his wife, right? Like, like messing around with, um, um, is she pretending to be a man? Right. Isn't she like trying to catch somebody's husband, but yeah, she's trying to she's, be a man. Yeah. She's on the, um, the uh, uh, gay uh, chat rooms. Right. And I think there's that scene at the end where she's I that page. It's not really a panel. It's a full page spread on your on your digital reader. It's um, 119 or 195. And so it's like the chat room, which is one very 2000. So right. But then like you get to see her how like this is the thing that does it for her right? Like this is okay. I'm going to catch him. You can see her as the PI. This is the thing that this is why she does it because she kind of gets a high out of like solving or ensnaring somebody. And then the next page is her like, yes, I did it. Right. Mm. And I I think that she rewards herself with one of my favorite, always favorite panels, a nice cigarette panel. (laughs) But I thought, I thought that that page uh, where you can see her, she's like, okay, am I going to get him? Am I going to get him? I did, you know, like she ends up snagging him. So I thought that was a, it was an interesting one, a good layout, good use of outdated at this point, outdated technology. But at that point, to me, it doesn't quite like, I think I hate comic books right now when they use uh, Twitter or yeah. a fake social media app. Yeah. But I, although we read that one uh, Vertigo book where it was all. Uh, about yeah. Unfollow. Yeah. But I thought that you're purposefully using that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, but I don't like the like, oh, I found it on social media. I, it, I think it dates it. Like Batgirl. Yeah. This very much dates this, but I guess maybe because it dates it for me is like, oh, I remember that. It's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, now it's now it's kind of quaint, right? Right then it was just the equivalent of what they do with social media now, but now it's quaint, right? So I would say uh, as we kind of wrap our conversation here, this will dovetail into who I recommend this to. I mean, the obvious thing would be, you know, if you liked Jessica Jones the show. However, I'm really interested to see. I want to. I kind of want to read this till we get to the Purple Man because then I'll know. Ooh, is the book better than the show? Because right now it's hard yeah. to make that comparison because so much of what was good about the show was that character, the Purple Man. 
Um, so I would be interested in reading this till right. we get to that character and to see like, oh my God, no, th- the way the relationship between the Purple Man and Jessica Jones is way better in the book. Or you know what? It's really David Tennant that sells that that character, the Purple Man. And I think the show kind of took what they did in the book and improved upon it. I just don't know at this point. Right. I I didn't want to read the next part of this until we did this because I didn't want to like forget which one was in which book. But mm. I definitely like after reading this, I'm like, okay, I want to read. I'll read this arc. I'll read this. You know, his work on this. I think mm. it ends up being twenty eight. 30 oh, that's issues. very reasonable. Yeah, it's only four. I think it only ends up being four trades or something. Oh, like I would. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably read that then. Because it's two. It's two bigger books. I think okay. is what is what makes it up. So I think I, I really. I, I think I will read uh, the 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 rest of it because um, I really enjoyed this Jessica Jones more than the one on the television. Not the not necessarily the story, but the character. I think mm. the character in the comic. Book, I agree is better than the one on the on the tv show although i thought i that's i think i agree with you i want to see what the reason the tv show was so good is that dynamic between david Tennant and her that mm-hmm. that part of it so i wonder if it works in this this which one is better i think i i also i agree with you you give this to someone who liked that i think you give this to someone who goes like well i don't really like superheroes or I don't mind watching superhero movies, but I don't really want to read a superhero book, right? Because there are we've mentioned. Are people, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please, please. I interrupted you. No, yeah. Like there, there are people who love the movies but wouldn't want to read a superhero comic book, and I think this is you give them this, right? You like the movies, but you don't want to read that. You want to read something with maybe a little more substance, a little more, right? Like this isn't popcorn. I go to the movies for popcorn. I don't want to read, you know, I don't want to read bubblegum. Right. Maybe I only want to watch bubblegum. I want to mm-hmm. read something more deeper. And this might be your thing to read to get someone into comic books who maybe goes like, yeah, I, I like the movies, but that's just because it's pop. It's just bubblegummy. I don't want to read bubblegum though. Right. So yeah, this might be cool. a way to go like, well, this isn't bubblegum. And you get, um, but you still scratch you some of that superhero itch. Like you still get right. to see Captain America and Luke Cage and, and, right. you know, flashbacks to the Kree scroll war or whatever it is. Um, which I'm sure will probably continue through the 28 issues. I yeah. would say too, it's fortuitous that the boys season two has just ended and people really like that show uh, that maybe aren't necessarily comic book fans. And this hits some of those same tones again, not amplified and uh, it's not as gratuitous as the boys uh, comic book or show, but it is in that deconstruction vein where the superheroes take on this, very kind of hard to like personas um, right. and uh, a a take on if the world was filled with superheroes, how would us ordinary Joes interact with them? Yeah. Or how would the not as super superhero, right? If you had powers, but you didn't think you were good enough to be an Avenger, what do you do? Right. What's life like for you? How do you, how do you ply your trade knowing that you have power. So I, I thought it was good. I liked it. I want to read more of it. So, you know, I think that it did what it needed to do. Right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I thought this was, uh, I, I'm glad, uh, this hole is filled. We have so many, I mean, mean, we're running out of holes, Josh. We definitely (laughs) might be, we might have to rip ourselves some new holes so that we can shove more things in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but somebody call Luke cage. I need some holes ripped. (laughs) 
but uh, ladies and gentlemen, folks, as always, you can find us on the internet at comicexposure.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash comicexposure, or we're on the Twitter at comicexposure. We post when the new shows are out, all that good stuff. You can find all of the shows on the website, or if you are on uh, iTunes uh, or Spotify or Google, whatever it is, you can find all of the episodes there. Check them all out. Go back in time. If you're a new listener, we want to thank you for joining us on the show. We've been putting this bad boy out for a while. So we have lots of old episodes for you to peruse. Maybe you read a book, but you didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Maybe you read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and you're like, who do I talk to about this? None of my friends like Alan Moore. They think he's a weird wizard. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to laugh at me. Well, Travis and I read it, and we will talk with you. We can't hear you, but you can hear us, and you can talk to us, and we'll just just pretend that you're in the room. Just jump in when you feel like, put it, pause it, and then just jump in the conversation. And assume that we said something pleasant back to you, because we're we're kind people, uh, but maybe maybe you read uh, Southern Bastards. Maybe you maybe you read... even have more eclect. Maybe you're a deeper comic book fan. You've read Underwater Welder. I mean, who's read that, yeah. Josh? And I. Maybe you read maybe you read Persepolis. Yeah. Well, we read we yeah. read that. Yeah, and we're we're here for all. Maybe of your you're writings. writing. Maybe you're taking a graphic novel class in college, and you've you've procrastinated on that paper that you were going to write about. Oh, uh, prez and satire and comic books. Well, just listen to our, our, our episode and just take notes, buddy. You'll be good. You'll be good. But you know, we, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate the shares and the likes and the follows and the stars on the podcast apps. Thank you so much. Don't forget. We've got merch in the store. You can pick up a sweet comic exposure t-shirt or sweatshirt. If you are so inclined, the, the fall and winter months are are fall is here. Oh, we got sweatshirts. For, we got sweatshirts on there now. Yeah, dude, you can turn those bad boys into sweatshirts. Oh, I'm gonna give me a sweatshirt, man. <laughs> we have a we have a lovely design that plays homage to uh, a little um, Watchmen. We have a design that celebrates our love for cheesy '80s horror movies. You're uh, using great. Uh, language. You're using great copyright language. It celebrates it. Uh, it pays homage to. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'm just rambling. So thank you for being here. And Travis and I, you know what? We'll see you next trade.